Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Hi, I'm Mark Striegel, host and producer of this show since 2005. On this episode, we're going to talk some rock, some metal, and anything else we feel like. We're also going to jam some tunes, have a drink, and share some honest opinions. Thanks for listening to the Talking Metal Podcast. Let's get things started. This is the Sean Baker Orchestra with Which Way to Radio Land.
Yo, 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 yo. Hello there. How are you? Hope everyone's doing well. This is an epic, and man, let me tell you, very epic, music-based episode. I got all the gang here. We got BJ from the Rock and or Roll podcast. We got Leo from Alaska. We got Dan Lorenzo from New Jersey. We got Jerry from Long Island. The whole the whole gang is here. We got all my friends on Patreon checking in with their requests. We got BJ on from Patreon. We got Fred from Patreon. We got Steve from Patreon all checking in with some music. Wow, it's again an epic episode and we also have a great band called Royal Orphan, we're going to be hearing some of their music. We're not not an interview, just hearing some of their music. So yeah, we are all over the place musically. So uh, let's let's get things started by just first of all saying a big thank you to David Gray for the uh, two PayPal donations, one on April fourth, one on April 9th. and then also David, you are joining us on Patreons, which is awesome. Uh, guys, please join us on Patreon. Best way to support. If you pledge $20 a month, or no, that's not that's wrong. If you pledge $5 a month on Patreon, I will mail you a Talking Metal t-shirt. If you don't want to do the Patreon thing, but you do want a Talking Metal t-shirt, just hit me up on PayPal for the Talking Metal t-shirt. Uh, my PayPal um, account is my email, which is my last name, followed by my first name at gmail.com. That's S-T-R-I-G-L. M-A-R-K at gmail.com Just uh, hit me up with a PayPal donation of $20 if you live in the United States and I'm so sorry for the overseas people but it costs so much to send stuff overseas um, and out of the country. If you are out of the country, it's going to be $30 for a t-shirt, which is insane. I'm, I'm so sorry, guys. I just, I'm trying to break even with these. So uh, we got 3XLs, 2XLs, XL, L, M, S for your sizes. Hit me up, guys. Yeah, and without further ado, um, let's get into some music. This is Breathing Hands by Black Salvation.
right, guys, remember to use those Amazon links on TalkingMetal.com and TalkingRock.net. Remember to visit TalkingRock.net for your news, for your browsing, for Mitch LaFon's podcast, for this podcast, for everything I'm up to. Again, it's TalkingRock.net. That's my site. This is my podcast. It's called Talking Metal, and I'm so glad you can join us. Wanted to give a big shout-out to Andrew Miller from Canada. Dude, you are freaking amazing. Uh, massive. Let me tell you, totally massive. PayPal. No, what was it? Yeah, PayPal donation. Thank you, Andrew Miller from Canada. You're the dude. Anyways, uh, we are, again, just rocking it with the Patreon stuff. We got BJ coming up later. BJ Cramp. Not to be confused with BJ from Patreon. So BJ Cramp is going to play us some metal later. He is from the Rock and or Roll podcast. Stay tuned for that. But right now, BJ from Patreon is hitting us up with a great request. Tokyo Blades, Night of the Blade, here on Talking Metal.
Thanks, BJ, for that request. Next up, The Swords and Tequila by Riot. And this one comes from Fred, who hit me up with this uh, request on Patreon. You guys should all join us on Patreon. You know, you can even do just a little $2 a month pledge. Join us there, guys, on Patreon. Just search Talking Metal or go to today's show notes on TalkingMetal.com and you'll find the links over to Patreon. Again, this uh, request coming in from one of our Patreon supporters, Fred, and it is Swords and Tequila by Riot. for that request and also thanks to rick bunch who just joined us on patreon as a new 
Supporter, we appreciate your support. Rick, thanks for joining us on Patreon. Let's get to some calls. Here we go. Hey, Mark, it's Leo from Alaska. Leo! Little, uh, as the kids say, shout out from you and Emily on uh, Talking Metal 739. Love you guys, too. Listening to Talking Metal 740 right now. Cool. Comments about Another Perfect Day. Once again, that was my first Motorhead album, too. It's uh, Lemmy. I think one of the reasons he didn't like it, like in, in White Line Fever, what he talks about is that he refused, uh, Brian Robertson from Thin Lizzy refused to play like some of the early Motorhead songs. He was difficult to deal with, but I think musically Lemmy liked the record. Yes, he did. And it's one of my favorites, even though it's kind of an oddball in the Motorhead catalog. It's just an incredible sounding album every single so song. Good. I love it. But uh, I was going to say, uh, and I might get cut off again, but one thing I wanted to ask you about or just talk about is like, um, completely different subject. Kiss and uh, like it's kind of. I didn't know that like uh, how would it, that bands sometimes have other musicians playing their music. Like a lot of who I like, like I'm a huge Sabbath fan. Mm-hmm. On all the Sabbath albums, let's say the first eight, it's only those guys and who they credit. But on some Kiss albums, they have like different people playing guitar solos or like like I know Anton Fig playing drums on Unmasked, but. Not just that, but apparently, and it, it goes back farther. Like, apparently, Jimmy Page played the solo in The Kinks, You Really Got Me. And I guess what I'm wondering is, can't those guys play their own music? I mean, I thought the most the rock and heavy bands we like played their own stuff, or they credited people if it was like a keyboard player, and they didn't even appear on stage, they'd credit them on the album or whatever. But uh, anyways, I guess you can expand on that. But I'm guessing Kiss up through the first, maybe through Kiss Alive 2 or so, or maybe Kiss Alive played their own songs. But how much of of these bands are not really playing their own music, I guess? I was kind of, like Jimmy Page, like I brought up, he played, I guess, as a studio musician on tons of stuff. Um, I don't know. Yeah, Leo cut off again. Yeah, didn't, I thought, yeah, Jimmy Page played on a ton of stuff. And yeah, I don't know, Leo. I mean, it's a good point. It's a good point. Um, I I have heard that that practice goes on today. I mean, that drummer Josh Freese, I heard he played on so much like '90s era like metal and grunge, and was never credited. Uh, you know, so yeah, man. I I think that's just the way the things go in the industry. I mean, you could even look at the Beach Boys. I mean, the Beach Boys sang on on those early records, but they didn't play the instruments for the most part. You know, Pet Sounds. That wasn't Brian Wilson didn't play bass on Pet Sounds, as far as I know. I mean, they had a they had a, there was some chick playing bass on that. You know, so I think this has gone on for a long time. But it's a good point. It's a good point. I like knowing that that people are playing on the records totally um you know people in the band are playing on their own records and if they don't why not just be upfront about it right all right man but good call sorry you got cut off here you we are picking back up with you uh i think you called right back okay just to expand on what i was talking about and then i'll let you go my brother is uh like for example i know that there's guest appearances on albums but they're usually credited in our kind of genre of music our kind of heavy rock hard rock heavy metal punk that kind of stuff they credit the guy that comes in slash is playing a solo or whatever i guess what i'm right. kind of asking about or complaining about and you might know more, more about is when it says gene simmons is the bass player but we find out gene didn't play bass on a certain track like what's that kind of stuff about 
Like I'm I like know, Zeppelin, man. for example. I'm pretty sure John Bonham played all the bass in the Zeppelin songs. So yeah. why is it? What about the Scorpions? Some of the groups like didn't. Uh, equate, I mean, I'm just hoping a lot of our stuff. Isn't Jimmy Bain like, played bass on Rocky Like a Hurricane, I, I think, from Dio's band. Kiss Army when I was six years old. But what's the deal with the uncredited? Like, why wouldn't Gene play a bass part on an album? Why is there music he writes that he can't play the bass part? Like or I just, I, I guess I don't understand that part. But if you can, like, and like I said, like Autopsy, the death metal band, the death doom band. I guarantee if it says whoever the bass player is on the album or the drummer, that's who it is. You see what I'm saying? It's not another guy, but in this part, somebody else played it, but we're not crediting him. I guess maybe you can tell me more about that part of the music. I don't know. I wish I could. Most of the groups I like, I'm hoping, and I'm pretty sure, don't do that, or they're credited. But anyways, all right, talk to you later, my brother. Love you, man. Take it easy. Bye-bye. Yeah, man, I I don't know. I mean, we'd like to think that that they play... They play what when they're credited with playing, but I, who knows, man? Who really, really knows? I mean, how much of firepower do we really think Len Tipton played on? I know they got all offended when KK suggested maybe he didn't play on that record, and I think he probably did, but how much of it did he play, you know? Did Andy Sneap play guitar on that record? I mean, that, those are all big questions. Hey, it's Leo again. Um, I'm listening to the Ram Jam, Cut Your Plan. This is like, I was, whenever I hear this, this is like the ultimate like donor rock track. And oh, yeah. Majorly influential on that genre of music, too, by the way. And uh, coincidentally, I'm vaping some legal Alaskan cannabis up here and uh, enjoying a little Jim Beam Black on the side. But uh, take it easy, brother. Nice. Vaping. Cool. I, I, I like vaping, man, but I just, I don't smoke, so I don't know. But I, I, my friend was doing like strawberry vaping, and it sound and it like was actually it was like strawberry milkshake, and it smelled delicious. But uh, yeah, I vaped weed like once with my friend. Um, I think it was before the Roger Roger Waters concert in Newark, and yeah, it was good, man. It was good. But yeah, I don't. I, I, I smoke weed like once a year, but if that. Honestly, at this point in my life. But uh, yeah, good stuff, Leo. And uh, cool, man. Cool. Mark. Jerry. I just got my copy of uh, Judas Priest's Flyer Power and Vinyl. Finally came. Gonna crank this fucker up. Uh, the new Ghost single is out. Oh, Rats. so good. Once you play that. And uh, yeah, have a beer. See you guys later. Rats by Ghost. I love this, Jerry. I'm so glad you requested it. Let's hit it right now. In times of turmoil In times like these Beliefs contagious
Cats by Ghost. Brand new Ghost. Go buy that on iTunes. I just uh, bought the record on cassette. Which is probably the first cassette I've bought in like 20-some years. So pretty crazy. Maybe longer than that. Who knows? But yeah, I bought the, uh, pre-ordered the new Ghost on cassette. Here, another call. Leo. Hey, Mark. This is Leo from Alaska. Listening to the uh, Mitch LaFon, uh, Fleming Rasmussen interview. And they talked about Escape by Metallica on Ride the Lightning. Okay. An album we both love and both agree is just like a different album, uh, kind of a landmark in the history of thrash metal and in heavy music in general, just something that kind of was a game changer. But anyways, that song Escape, I was always tripped out that they wrote that as some kind of like wannabe hit or something. I love, And that they don't like that song and they never play it. I love the song Escape on Ride the Lightning. That's all I wanted to say. Have a good night, my brother. I love it too, man. I love every song on that record. Um, you know, and I do know back in the day they had real issue with that song. Didn't they play it once at some point in like the last decade? I don't know. It seems like they maybe did. But yeah, man, that was so uh that was such a great record, Ride the Lightning. I mean, yeah, we've spoken about that before. And Escape, no exception. Definitely you can hear that they had kind of a catchy chorus, but I mean, compare that to some stuff on the Black Album or something, you know, not that many years later, what, like eight years later, seven years later. I mean, that, you know, that's heavier than a lot of a lot of the stuff that they did in later years is what I'm trying to say. And I like Escape, too. So there you go. Great song. I guess we should play it, right? Here you go. Escape by Metallica.
little Metallica off the Ride the Lightning record here on Talking Metal on this epic edition of music. We got BJ Cramp. BJ Cramp! Coming up in just a bit, as Michael Butler says. And yeah, yeah, yeah. So stay tuned for him. He's going to do... do some talking with me and play some music with me. So it is it is great. He really has some great picks for you to check out. So again, let's keep the music going. This is Burning Hell. This goes out to Steve, my good friend from Jersey. Steve, yeah, I got to figure out this chiller thing pretty quick, right? It's coming up. Yeah, man. Uh, Steve, maybe I'll see you chiller. My friend Ian McCurdy keeps saying, uh, he's coming up from frickin' uh, North Carolina for this. He's like, dude, you got to come with me. It's just, it's right down the frickin'. Street from you, 280 to 80, and I'm there, you know? It's like, so I, I, I don't know, you know? It's like, I feel like I should be there. I do want to see you. I do want to hang out with you. Life's a little complicated because Emily's doing this community theater thing, and they're, like, rehearsing, like, all the time. So I, I, don't, I don't think I can go and hang out for the whole day, you know, because I got my kids. Because, again, she's rehearsing for this community theater thing. So, um, yeah, man, uh, I hope to be there, though. I, I, I think I need to at least swing by at some point. And this is a song that Steve requested on Patreon. It's called Burn in Hell.
Thanks for that, Steve. Always love a little Stay Hungry music by Twisted Sister. That one, Burnin' Hell. So good. And without further ado, I think we're going to get into... uh, Oh, no, I was going to say let's get into the BJ Cramp stuff. But actually, let's get into some Dan Lorenzo right now here on Talking Metal. Here we go. Dan Lorenzo. Hey, you're listening to Talking Metal. This is an exclusive. This is Dan Lorenzo. In 2003, I put out a solo CD called Cassius King. I had this kid named John Costco sing on it. And you know what? John is standing right next to me wearing a Motorhead hoodie. And, John, what are you doing? We're covering Motorhead's song, The Chase is Better Than the Catch. All hell, Motorhead. All hell, Lemmy. This is Talking Metal. Thank you very much, Mark Striegel.
That was Dan Lorenzo along with Ron Lipnicki on the drums, the former Overkill drummer, a band Overkill that took their name from a Motorhead song. That, of course, was a cover of a Motorhead song. That song right there, The Chase is Better Than the Catch, as uh, originally done by Motorhead on the second side of the uh, Ace of Spades record, right? Going way back. That original version was way back in 1980, the Ace of Spades album, released November 8th, 1980, which was also my brother's sixth birthday. There you go. All right. And uh, I wanted to play something. Metal Kate sent me over some music she was hoping we would play, and she's in luck. I'm going to play it right now. This is Sirion with Mass Control.
A little Sirion with Maths Control, S-I-R-I-U-N. I don't know if that's how you pronounce it, but there you go. Here on Talking Metal, check them out, go buy that. All righty, so we are, I think, kind of nearing the second half or the final third of the episode, and we're going to get into some some stuff with BJ Cramp right now, and uh, I can't wait. I can't wait. BJ's got some great music he's going to play for us, so definitely support him and his show, which is Rock and or Roll, and yeah, let the music continue right now. This is a band called Royal Orphan. They sent me in their CD, and I'm really digging it. You can check them out on Facebook.com slash Royal Orphan Metal. And again, these guys just rock. This one's called Lost in Time by Royal Orphan. And right after this song, we'll hear from BJ Crap.
Coors Light presents Heavy Montreal, July 28th and 29th, outdoors at Parc Jean Drapeau, featuring Avenged Sevenfold, Rob Zombie, and Marilyn Manson. A weekend of hard rock and metal with Gojira, Emperor, Under Oath, Hollywood Undead, and many more. Festival passes are on sale now. See the full lineup at heavymontreal.com. Produced by Avenco. Hey, and we are continuing our music-based episode here on Talking Metal with some more music that we're going to get into, picked out by the one and only BJ Cramp, who is joining me here on the Skype line right now. BJ, how are you? I'm good. How are you, Mark? Good. Every, every time I, I think of uh, your name, uh, I, I, can, I cannot help but hear that that um, in my in the back of my head, I don't know if this is a good thing to bring up, but Michael Butler going BJ Crab. <laughs> yeah, I added I added that to the outro of my show. It's like on every episode now, him screaming that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and your show, rock and or roll. I've been uh, fortunate. It's been it was my honor to be a guest on the show. I had a, a fun time with you talking uh about songs that i like that was kind of embarrassing that i like them you know but it was it was great and i really appreciate you having me on your podcast which again is rock and or roll yeah yeah we call it no shame or i call it no shame i I said the royal we um yeah but it's basically the concept of like a guilty pleasure except i don't really believe in the term guilty pleasure because I think if you feel guilty about liking a song you like, that's probably your own <laughs> personal issue that maybe you shouldn't right. address. But uh, but yeah, yeah, that I actually you were I think you were the first guest of No Chamber, which for the whole month of November I did all No Shame episodes. Right. <laughs> but yeah, that was a lot of fun. Thanks for doing that. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And guys, if you haven't heard that, it's whoa, what was it about like four months ago at this point? Three, four months ago. Yeah. Uh, yeah, on the rock and or roll podcast and of course we are joined by the host of that show bj cramp and how how did you come up with the idea for the podcast when did it start can you fill us in on a little of the history of the show yeah it's going to be five years next month that i've been doing it and i've just been a record collector and kind of an obsessed music fan since i was a teenager and had amassed this huge collection of a lot of really obscure music that I thought it was really great, and I knew most people had never heard. So it just seemed like I was uniquely qualified to do a certain kind of podcast, which was focusing, originally it focused mostly on obscure music, or I would have episodes on certain genres, then I started doing about certain bands, and um, you know, I've branched out with a lot of different things since, but a lot of the episodes, I play songs right from my record collection. You know, I have a I play a lot of music on my show that was never even released digitally. Or in recent years, more stuff has been coming out on Bandcamp and some on iTunes and things. But, you know, there's still a lot of music out there that only really ever existed on vinyl. And a lot of great stuff, too. Yeah. So that's, you know, that was the original idea was to focus on things like that. But, you know, I've, as, I get along, as I've gone along, I've come up with other ideas and, you know, done other things. I did a whole series. I did a series on Def Leppard where I did an episode for every album and had a different guest co-host for those. And then I did the same thing with Iron Maiden. 
And so I've done a lot of different things, you know, but, um, yeah, the idea is just, it's a podcast made by an obsessed music fan for obsessed music fans, I guess, basically. And again, it's called Rock and or Roll, and we are talking with BJ from that that show. He is the producer, the host of it. And BJ, it's not just, I mean, obviously on Talking Metal, we, we tend to, for the most part, feature hard rock and, and traditional heavy metal sounds. But, but you are kind of all over, across the board, I guess, what, what's the word, just all over the place with what you do musically on your show correct it's not one style of of rock and or roll <laughs> right yeah i definitely wanted to avoid painting myself into a corner so i will just kind of do whatever idea comes to me like i did one episode that i actually have apologized for numerous times because it's called unchained melody and i played over 30 different versions of the song unchained melody <laughs> and went through the whole history of the song because it has a very interesting history it actually started out as the theme of a film called Unchained and just this I thought the story of the song was really interesting and it's also one of the most you know covered songs ever and there's a lot of interesting versions of it and I always like the song but I'll have an idea like that that I probably shouldn't do and I just do it anyways you know because <laughs> it right seemed interesting right. but yeah I, I mean I grew up you know my first love was hard rock and heavy metal and that's still probably my favorite kind of music but I do like Basically, if a guitar is involved, I'm at least interested, you know. Cool. But really, what I like is songwriting. So, you know, the interplay between the music and the vocal melody, that's my favorite thing. That's what I appreciate the most. So I'm just looking for good songs in whatever capacity, you know. Right on. So on that note, let's get into some music. Um, I want to talk to you about the, the Rock and Pot Expo, which is happening again this year, but... But before we do that, let's let's keep the music going here on this episode. Let's let's play something. You have three, what I would call unique tracks of uh, traditional hard rock and, and heavy metal, as far as the style of them go. And let let's just start with one and let's play it, and then we'll come back and you can talk to us a little bit about it. What do you want to play first here? Uh, let's play "Escape the Night." by Hawaii, one of my favorite 80s heavy metal songs for sure. Right on, right on, here we go. A little Hawaii here on Talking Metal. Yeah. 
The Night by Hawaii. I don't know a lot about this band, but I do remember when I was a kid, I, I had this record. It was a shrapnel release, Mike Varney's label, and it was like Unsung Heroes of Guitar Metal or something like that. And it had all, it had the, I remember, I still have it, I think, upstairs somewhere. It had all these cool, this cool drawing of all these guitar players, and one of the bands on the album was Hawaii. And you know, there was a, a guy in that band who went on to become pretty famous as far as guitar shredders go. BJ, tell us a little bit about Hawaii and the song we just heard. Yeah, Hawaii was Marty Friedman's band. And, you know, when I started doing my podcast, that one of the first things, one of the first ideas I had was to ask Marty Friedman to come on the show because I'm such a huge fan. Everybody knows him from Megadeth, of course, but I'm a huge fan of the stuff he did before he was in Megadeth. So basically, that was my pitch to him was, would you want to come on and just talk about, we won't even talk about Megadeth. I just want to talk about the work you did before. And he actually agreed to do it. I couldn't believe it. But it ended up being the 34th episode of my podcast because I think we scheduled it like almost a year in advance. Like we scheduled it way in advance and he's in Japan. So I remember I was recording with him at like 11 o'clock at night. But for him, it was like two days (laughs) in the future or something because they're... I think they're like 14 hours ahead of us or something like that. So, uh, but yeah, he was so nice and, uh, had such great stories. And, um, you know, he had a band called deuce in Washington, DC, which that was happening. Like, I don't know, 78 to 80 or 81 timeframe. And they were, they sounded almost exactly like the new every British heavy metal. But I even asked them about that because when they started that band, they weren't even aware of the new every British heavy metal. They were kind of doing the same thing at the same time you know, but across the water. And that band Deuce was amazing. And then 
But then he ended up having to move to Hawaii because his dad, I think, worked in the government or something. And he ends up in Hawaii and he said there's no one there to play with. Like he just had to form a band with the only two other musicians he could even find in the whole country. You know, he so but he's but he had he had a band called Vixen first with a female singer. And then he ended up forming Hawaii. And yeah, they had an album on shrapnel that was called One Nation Underground, which had a singer named Gary St. Pierre who ended up in uh, Vicious Rumors then. Oh, okay, right. right. Now, but, Vicious Rumors, and escape, that was... Uh, and then Gary Moore was in Vicious Rumors, right? He was on the first... Uh, Vinnie Moore, yeah. Oh, Vinnie Moore, Moore, yeah. Yeah, duh. Yeah. Not Gary Moore, sorry. Yeah, that... The one record Gary St. Pierre is on is really great. It's called Soldiers of the Night, and I think that's on Shrapnel as well. But um, that... I don't, I'm not really a huge fan of that first Hawaii album. It's not very well produced, and... I remember Marty, I asked Marty why Gary St. Pierre sang the way he did on that record because he sings like really high, like screechy voice. And Marty's like, well, I was obsessed with Raven and I probably forced him to sing that way because I wanted him to sound like Raven. So he's like, it's probably not even Gary's fault because if you listen to the Vicious Rumors album, he sounds totally different. But um, they ended up making an EP after that. And that song, Escape the Night, was, it was on that first Hawaii album, but it's, and he recorded it with Vixen too which is one of the reasons I really wanted to talk to him because if you listen to the way that song developed, it's like, it's a really interesting example of where it all comes down to how the song's produced and like who sings the song where you wouldn't even know how great the song is if you hear the first two versions of it. But when they finally nailed it on their EP, which was called wild, wild and heavy, which I couldn't recommend more highly that, Hawaii EP loud, wild and heavy is so great. Like as good as eighties heavy metal gets really. And that's where this version of escape the night is from. And so this is the third version that he recorded of that song, but he finally nailed it because he had the right singer and it was produced much better. And so I just, it's just one of my favorite songs ever. And it was really like that song was more than anything was why I wanted to talk to him. And then he, he really appreciated that approach because you know, he went through that where he's like, I can't get this song right. And he recorded it multiple times and he's trying to get it right. And he's like, that song's really good. I'm going to do it again. You know, <laughs> finally, it's going to be. And so it was really interesting to talk to Marty about that because, um, you know, it's it's kind of rare where you have this these questions in mind. And then the person you're talking to, that's exactly what they were thinking. And they have never been asked about it before and they have a lot to say about it. So. That, I really enjoyed that 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 episode with Marty Friedman is uh, really great. And did you talk and to him about cacophony great... and stuff too? Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course, yeah. That was after Hawaii. Then he did that with Jason Becker, and um, yeah, you know, he he did so much before he joined Megadeth. But of course, that was really became his claim to fame then. Sure, sure, absolutely. And you know, I, I don't think you can deny that there's a huge jump in quality with Rust and Peace that probably at least in some part, you know, you could give Marty some credit for, I think too, how great that record is. And, uh, sure. You know, he's, he's just a very talented guy. So yeah, he's had some great solo records these last couple of years too. I think at least two, right. Two solo records in the last like three years. Yeah. You know, he moved to Japan and he reinvented himself and he's just became, he had a TV show in Japan that he hosted, which I've actually watched some on YouTube, but it's in Japanese but like there was an episode he did with Andrew WK that was pretty funny and um, things like that. But yeah, he, he just lives in Japan and I, I, I don't know how famous he is over there, but we all know how, 
you know, the big in Japan concept <laughs> works. Right. So he's managed to, to move over there and have a career over there in music. Yeah. Very cool. And, you know, kind of a, a, a stretch for a segue here, but you mentioned uh, Raven earlier that Marty was wanted the singer to sound like the guy in Raven. Um, and we were fortunate enough to interview Raven, the Gallagher brothers, at... The Rock and Pod Expo, the first one that, that Chris from Decibel Geek was highly involved in organizing, kind of the, the, the head of organizing it. But you helped out quite a bit on that first Rock and Pod Expo, too. Um, and I wanted to ask you, are you involved with organizing the, the second one? And uh, is there anything you can tell us about the Rock and Pod Expo, too? Yeah, we're we're putting it together right now, and there's the GoFundMe is up, same as last year. It's on GoFundMe.com backslash RockNPod2018, and we're just trying to raise money to put on the event and to um, get the podcasters from all over the North America, basically get them to Nashville. That was always the vision was we're going to ask all these podcasters to come to Nashville, but we can't just ask everybody to foot their own bill, or we don't want it to be. This is a gathering of only the podcasters that, that can afford to come to Nashville for a weekend, you know? So so that's real, the GoFundMe. Nobody's making any profit off of this. Um, it's just any money from the GoFundMe is going to go into the event. And so anybody who wants to go contribute five or ten bucks to help us put it on, be greatly appreciated. Plus, we're doing now we're doing this VIP audio thing where if you contribute at least ten dollars to the GoFundMe, you'll have access to exclusive podcasts from all the people involved plus stuff we record at the expo some of that will go into the vip where only people who contributed will get to hear it um i just recorded a roundtable discussion of cherry pie the warren album that's going to be only available for people that contribute at least ten dollars to the gofundme so hopefully that's another that's an impetus for people to go and chip in and help us out and uh yeah, you know, like last year, we like you know the Raven guys showed up. Who knows who's going to show up this year, right? <laughs> right. So uh, we've already got some people booked, like Paul Taylor from Winger and the guys from Tora Tora are coming back. It's great to hear that some of the guests we had last year want to come back because that's a positive review. You know, yeah, I mean, it, it's good to hear that a lot of the guys that were there last year are interested in coming again this year. That means they they liked they liked it last year. They enjoyed it. They had a good time. They thought it was worthwhile. And a lot of them want to come back. So it's awesome. Yeah, we we had yeah. the uh, the privilege of of interviewing not only Raven, but I mean just tons of the other podcasters and and uh, the bands that were there. Dead by Wednesday, and of course Mark Slaughter. And wow, it was just such a great event. Uh, unfortunately, I'm not going to be able to make it this year, but uh, I, I wish you guys the best of luck with it. And it sounds like it's going to be awesome. There's been some some uh, hinting around that there's going to be some pretty big names coming down there. So we hope to hear about that from, from you and, and Chris uh, soon. And again, it's the rock and pod expo, the, the second edition of it this, this August, right? Is it August 26th? Um, it's, I think it's August 25th. Yeah. 25th. Saturday okay. at the Nashville palace. And also, you know, we're having a, a little record show like we did last year, but then the next day, Sunday, they're having a bigger, record show in this in the same venue oh, cool. um, another guy is organizing an even bigger uh, record and memorabilia show so it's a whole weekend of just 
basically it's to celebrate being a big music fan, you know? Nice. I mean, that's why everybody does these podcasts is just because we're big music fans. So Absolutely. So on that note, speaking of big music fans, let's, let's go deep into BJ's uh, archive of music here and pull out another track for the Talking Metal listeners. Any, anything uh, you can tell us about what we're going to hear in addition, you know, first and foremost, the, the song title and artist. Well, the song title is in Hungarian, so I'm not exactly sure how to pronounce it. Junez Toba, something like that. It's a, it's a Hungarian band called Turbo. And I did an episode of Rock and or Roll. It's episode number 49. It's one of my favorite things I've ever done. It's called language barrier to the metal years because i did an earlier episode i did one i did an episode called language barrier which was some of my favorite songs in languages other than english but i saved all the heavy metal for this episode and really some of the greatest 80s heavy metal you'll ever hear is from these bands that were performing in other countries and they didn't perform in english but Mm -hmm. and i don't know you know for me i've one of my favorite artists of all time is this French Canadian guy, Pagliaro. And that was my first experience with really getting into music that was in, in, that was in French. And when I first started listening to that, I wasn't sure how much am I going to be able to appreciate a song that's not in English, but you know, how many songs do you listen to where you don't even know what they're saying anyways, even if it's in English. Right. So, I mean, if it has a great melody, if it's just a great song, then I feel that I find that I can really love it just as much almost, even though, I don't even know what they're saying, but, um, so that whole episode is just full of like some of the greatest metal you'll ever hear. And when I talk about eighties metal, you know, I'm talking about like, I like catchier heavy metal, you know, with hooks and, you know, great choruses and stuff like that. Um, but this song, this song by this Hungarian band Turbo, um, it's just, it's such a great, this whole record is great. I think it's called Smack Sissy or something. It's like, C-Z-I-S-Y, like S-M-A-K, and then C-Z-I-S-Y. I forget what that means. The, the song title of this translates to like either I don't know you or I don't like you, something like that. Um, but it's just such a killer song by this Hungarian band called Turbo. It must be 83, 84-ish, something like that. Rather early, definitely. Yeah. Cool. Let's check it out now on Talking Metal.
a little turbo here on Talking Metal, and we are joined by BJ Cramp from the Rock and Roll podcast. Subscribe today on iTunes and where else, BJ? I'm sure it's out on all your your normal podcast uh, platforms, right? <coughs> Sorry. Yeah, it's on it's on Stitcher and. Um... I don't really use any, I don't use any of those. I'm not really well versed in all those different podcast apps or even how that works. Right. How does that even work where you end up on all of these different platforms? Well, it, dep- it depends who you have distributing the podcast. I mean, if you use a, a platform like, like Spreaker, like you can, they'll send it out to all those different right. Right. platforms. But, you know, if you have a RSS feed, most, uh, sometimes these, uh, these other platforms will just, they'll somehow hook into it and. And there, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it, it yeah. shows up uh, on the platform. So, yeah, right, cool. And again, in the show, yeah, my host, my host, oh, go ahead. Sorry. My host site is Podbean, um, but yeah, it's on iTunes. And uh, I have a blog site where I post the episodes. And usually, for most of my episodes, I'll post a track list of all the songs because I usually, a lot of my episodes, I play 20 plus songs and then I'll put them all in order so people can go there to, you know, if they want to figure out which song is which or something like that. And I mean, you know, the one one thing that I have a lot of respect for your show is is you know not only the great content and the knowledge that you have, but the production aspect. I mean, you you spend a lot of time putting these shows together. I have no doubt. I mean, I talk to people all the time. They're like, "Oh, anybody can do a podcast," and I hate it when people say that because then when they go and try it, I mean, this is a lot of work, right, BJ? I mean, you put a lot of your own time and effort and i'm sure money into this thing it is a lot of work and i've been in a rut lately where i've been getting episodes done as i need them and you know but the best thing to do is have some in the can so that you at least have some breathing room which i need to get back into that situation because i'm just making them as i need them and it's that's when it starts to feel like a job you know you want it to feel like a hobby you don't want it to feel like a job you don't want a deadline because then that takes a lot of the fun out of it. So, yeah. And I do have a lot of fun with editing and it can be a lot of fun, but it's always like, it's fun for the first hour, but then it, the, the fun decreases as you keep going into the editing process yeah. to the point where you'd finally just want to get it over with. Um, yeah. My favorite part of these is, is what we're doing right now. The, the recording <laughs> and talking about it and, and just free flow thoughts and discussion but editing is is uh, it's definitely something that that takes some time and effort and you know podcasting can be uh, can be a lot more difficult than I think most people think. Having said that, I encourage anyone who wants to start a podcast. I always say you know if 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 you want to do one, go do it. You know, and 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 that'll give you a, a flavor of how much uh, effort or how little effort has to go into it. So, uh, well, another thing I do is a ton of research, right? <laughs> I, I do a lot of research too. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I love, you know, like you were like having you on my show. That's what I try to do is every time I meet another podcaster, I try to figure out a way to get them on my show. So I've had like almost everybody that's going to be at the rock and pot expo has been on my show in some capacity. Usually we'll just figure out a band or a topic that we have a common interest in that we can talk about or something like that. Or, we do like we did with you with no shame, but I love having all the other podcasters on the show too and mixing it up and you know it's it's a it's a lot of fun to do. Like you're saying, the recording part is probably the most fun when you get other people on. Um, 
but yeah, like editing, if you get too bogged down in editing out every, um, you know, that's, that can be a problem. Yeah. But. <laughs> hey, just random on a totally other uh, note and, and subject. Will Michael Butler return to the rock and pot expo this year? <laughs> um, <clears throat> Good question. I yeah, thought I, saw, I was surprised, but I thought I saw something saying he was planning on coming, but maybe I misread that. He is planning on coming and he is invited. And uh, I've, uh, I also uh, do a podcast about Cheap Trick with Ken Mills, uh, Cheap Talk with Trick Chat. And Michael Butler has been on that show with us since last year. So, you know, we're fine. I don't have a problem. I really regret <laughs> what happened with Michael. It was all unfortunate and stupid in retrospect. Right. But, um, yeah, he, he was never not invited. I, the only problem, I think, is if the GoFundMe doesn't pick up and we can't afford to pay for everybody's travel, um, I'm not sure what Michael but how Michael Butler will feel about coming if he's going to have to foot <laughs> his own bill. He's and I really don't, we, we don't know yet. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. But we don't know yet because we we don't have enough money yet to be to be able to tell people we're going to be able to cover everything. So um, so that's the only issue is is I don't know if we're going to have enough money to pay for all the plane tickets and hotel rooms that we did last year. Um, so we'll see. Well, best of luck on the Rock and Pod Expo too. Definitely, guys, check out the GoFundMe page. We'll have it linked through today's show notes and consider making a donation to help fund the Rock and Pod Expo August 25th in Nashville, Tennessee. BJ, what else do we have going on here? We have another song from you today, right? Yeah. <clears throat> Let's see. I sent you two more, but we can just pick oh, one of them. Oh, did you? Okay. I thought, really? I thought it was three, but four is fine. Let me, I want to pull that email up. I thought you sent me three. I only listened, I only listened I think- to three. I think one of them got separated from the others when I was dropping oh, them into the email. Okay. okay. Oh, yeah. Here's some pics. Okay. So I have, let's see. Escape the night. We did that. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it looks like it's weird. Three of them came in as an attachment and then one came in, which I haven't heard as a, uh, just like MP3, like embedded in the email. Kind of, kind of weird. Anyways. Okay. Two more then. What, what's up next? Uh, well, you know, I was thinking about it's talking metal. So I was thinking about what are some great hard rock or heavy metal songs that I love that it would be cool for other people to hear. Um, I know I have different tastes than a lot of people who say they're into heavy metal. <laughs> but because I like pop, I like pop metal more than anything. So this is very pop metal. This Canadian band called Dagger from Montreal. They only had one record called Not Afraid of the Night. I don't know why I didn't write down the years. That record's like 85, something like that. Um, I, I, they, I think of them as kind of the Canadian Dokken, but they only had one album, and uh, they were not as good as Dokken, <laughs> which some people would say good as Dokken, but I love Dokken personally. Oh, I love Dokken um, too. Dokken was yeah. phenomenal. They were one of my favorite bands as a kid, for sure. And yeah, I've never stopped listening to them. But this band kind of has... Some of the Dokken flavor, but they're like the, like the Canadian Dokken. Um, but they have this one song that really stands out for me on the record because it's just a total glam rock song. Uh, it's called Give Them What They Want by Dagger. All right, let's check it out now on Talking Metal. You guys
That was Give Them What They Want by Dagger here on Talking Metal. We are hanging with BJ from the Rock and or Roll podcast. Good stuff, BJ. And thank you for... Did you like that? Did you, did, yeah, did you like that Dagger song? Me. Yeah. Uh, the only cool. one I, I, <laughs> I haven't heard the... Uh, there's one of them that you sent me. Which one? Cast the First. Urgent. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah that that one i did i haven't listened to but yeah i liked all three of those i thought the the ones i listened to i thought were great so cool the the final one from you will be a, a surprise and uh probably you know we obviously edit this show together so i'm not going to hear it until we drop it into the show but what what are we gonna what are we gonna round out the uh the show with bj well one thing i do on rock and or roll is i do these episodes called aor aok uh, I've done 10 volumes of that now, so I've played over 200 AOR songs. And I, I don't know, I think a lot of people have different definitions or understandings when you say AOR. I've always thought of it as like that 80s hard rock that was kind of on the fringes of 80s metal, but it had keyboards and like really big choruses and poppy melodies. But I love the stuff that still has like cool riffs and chugging guitars, like up tempo kind right, of stuff, right. you know? Um, so that's what I play on the, all those episodes of my show. I just play, it's all very similar kind of stuff. Um, a lot of it that's very obscure, you know, but it's, it's like, like runaway by Bon Jovi or something like that's kind of a quintessential of that kind of a song. Right. Cause it's just like up tempo, you know, you know, cool guitar, but with the keyboards and like great melodies. And, um, yeah, I mean, I love runaway by Bon Jovi. Can you believe that? That song was out of the Bon Jovi set list for a number of years. I think it's back on this recent tour, but it, how, how could Bon Jovi not play Runaway? I don't know. I mean, I think it's the greatest song they ever did, which is yeah. crazy because John just did it on his own before he even had the band. <laughs> right. But yeah, it's, I mean, it's such a great... And yeah, so that's the kind of music I'm talking about. Like, that's a good example that everybody knows of a song like that. <clears throat> And so this song, probably one of my favorites, at least, of that kind of song is this song, Cast the First Stone, by this band, Urgent. There were three brothers in this band, and one of them, no, yeah, one of them did become an actor, but the guitar player in this band, Yul Vasquez, do you remember on Seinfeld, the guy who says, who will not wear the ribbon? <laughs> do you remember that part? Uh, At, like, I the don't. gay pride march? I don't, <laughs> but, you know, I don't know. Kramer is in, like, the gay pride march, but he won't wear the ribbon. And uh, he had already had an account- encounter with this guy before when he stole the armoire. <laughs> right. But that, anyways, that actor, in the, he's in like three episodes of Seinfeld. He was the guitar player in this band, Urgent. Um, and this record was produced by Ian Hunter and Mick Ronson. Oh, wow. And this is, so this is the title track of their, the title track of their first album, Cast the First Stone. I just think it's so amazing, but it's also what the kind of thing that. Do you know what year this is? It's 85. Yeah. 85. So, Mick, uh, Ian Hunter and, and Mick Ronson doing some producing of this song. Of course, they are known for Mott, Mott the Hoopla, right? Hoople? Is it Mott the yeah. Hoople or Mott the Hoopla? Yeah, Mott the Hoopla was Ian Hunter band, and Mick Ronson was with Bowie. Right? Was, in, was Bowie's guitar player. And then, yeah, they kind of hooked up. Like, they made a record together, and they, Ian and Mick did, and toured and things in the 80s, too. I don't know how they came to produce this record that two of the three brothers that are in this band were in a band before this that had an album that was that band was called Sterling. And that was more like a new wavy kind of early 80s 
kind of towards the hard rock thing, but with more like new wave feel. Okay. Um, but then on this record, they just went all out, like just, you know, like I, my favorite, my saying that I say about this music is they'd be wearing their hearts on their sleeves if their shirts had any sleeves, right, <laughs> which right. is, you know, so it's like 80s, like no sleeves, like just, but, but you know, fist pumping kind of, you know. And of course, Mick Ronson's son is a really big producer right now. Mark Ronson did Mars, uh, Bruno Mars and Queens of the Stone Age, Amy Winehouse, a long list of, of people he's worked on, a really hot producer right now. So it's interesting that this is his dad producing this along with, with Ian Hunter. So cool stuff. BJ, where can people get in touch with you online? Where's the best place? Facebook? Or Probably. Twitter? Yeah, there's the Rock and or Roll Facebook page. You can send me a message there. Um, I think rock and or roll podcast at gmail.com is the email if you just google rock and or roll podcast and then you'll just you'll see the all the links for the blog and the facebook page and itunes and everything if you only google rock and or roll you'll probably get a bunch of simpsons stuff right because that's where i took the name from oh really okay but right. yeah but if you uh if you just you know add podcast to it you'll you'll find all of my links so okay. Okay, so to take us out, Urgent, and what is it, Cast the... Cast the First Stone. Cast the First Stone. BJ, thank you so much for spending some time with us on this episode of Talking Metal, and uh, we look forward to many more episodes of your podcast, Rock and or Roll. Thank you. Thanks, Mark. 